0: Up and welcome back to Pro Pulse episode 87 It's the home of your 11th place in the Western Conference of New Orleans Pelicans presented to you by Science and Company Burger located at 4600 Correct Street. Loaded show today, very excited about it. Uh, joining studio, Ross we to to on, on today. A <laughs> this way. Was a of
1: big, big news
0: <laughs> that, that, coming tomorrow, a obviously, with the uh, sports book launching here in louisiana ross
1: what's going on brother big bucket list day for a graph is a big get i'm excited yeah, to get big, him on we're I've big been Graf wanting, fans
0: i've been wanting to get him on um for a little bit so i'm excited to talk some uh talk some hoops with him. what else is going on with you
1: not much i'm still a little butthurt about how bad the nba just just fed it to can us can we talk
0: about that yeah before we get know. to that can we can we yeah. talk about one thing so no. i woke up today <clears throat> i was in a, kind of a good mood um and i saw this tweet from david false allegedly this guy is something on twitter but he said okay i honestly didn't remember nba season was still going on or that new Orleans even had a team um
1: i don't know this is this a sports guy i don't know this guy yeah i I don't is he trying to be funny or is he just like some random guy like why would you say like why is he a new orleans guy
0: I, I don't know. I, I really don't know about him, but he seems to be like a complete douchebag. No so loser. I wanted to call him out this morning. Um, no he's, he's just looking for attention. So go ahead. What's chapping your ass, Ross?
1: It, look, this has been talked about. I, I hate the way the NBA does things from time to time, right? You postpone the game. This, this was real chicken shit, right? I mean, we've everybody's dealt with COVID. Everybody's dealt with injuries. We play Indiana on Monday night Win. Very good game, shorthanded. Bi doesn't play. Right, and then I mean, obviously, I guess the seventy six. When was that announced? I feel like it was like a week ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, right? like it was not. Yeah. This was not like, hey, we postponed the game and then we instantly rescheduled it. So right. here we are. We have to play on Monday night, and then get on a plane, back to back, fly to Philly to play a game. All the while, Philadelphia didn't play on Monday. And mm-hmm. didn't play on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Why would you not have put that game on Wednesday so that we mm-hmm. didn't have to play a back to back? Philly had Philly would then have had to play a back to back. I think they play, I think they played the Lakers tonight.
0: Yeah. I think play Lakers tonight.
1: So we could have played that game last night. They would have been at home. Mm-hmm. It's okay to play a back to back at home. I thought it was just so chicken shit to make the Pelicans play on Monday, mm-hmm. hop on a fly, a night game on a Monday, fly up there, play the next day. I mean, we obviously sit J V. He, we said everybody. Yeah, I mean, because it's just bullshit. We just have to chew on a loss. And I, I thought, look, I, I thought the guys battled their ass off. They I did. thought I thought they did. I thought Willie played phenomenal. Billy played phenomenal. They battled their, their ass off. And then, you know, we end up losing it late, whatever. But it's just bullshit to basically have to sacrifice a game like that. Because you get because you get hosed on scheduling. Something that's totally out of your control. I, I thought it was just so chicken Can shit. We talk, I'm still pissed off get, about it. Well, I'm glad you brought it up because it's a good point to
0: bring up. Because the reason why the 76ers had to cancel it, right? They said... <laughs>
1: yeah, let's not even get into that.
0: Well, they said that they didn't have enough players to play the game, correct? So one of the players who's on the roster is, is deciding not to play. So why is that our fault? Why is it that Ben Simmons, he's like, I'm not playing. Why is that our fault? But it seems every, like your fault. Every like,
1: team dealt with that. Like, bring up guys from your G League. Like, every single team had to deal so, with that. And that, that was going to turn,
0: that game was going to turn a win to the Pelicans because I think Embiid was out, Green, like, everybody yeah, was out with the Sixers, and we would have won. It's bullshit.
1: it's bullshit. It's bullshit. And they put it on Tuesday so that they'd have a day off before this. It's a nationally televised ESPN Laker game. It's just bullshit. And it, it really chaps my ass because a lot of that stuff, it's it, it just it's favoritism and then like i get yes. it about money and, and, and all yes. that other stuff it just sucks because we have a team that's obviously been short handed for fuck basically the entire year yep um and yep. And, and and you know you're battling you went against the knicks on the road you come home you beat the, you beat the pacers and like we were supposed to have four or five days off right there mm-hmm. so instead no what do you, not only do you not i mean do you not get that You've got to play a game, and get on a flight and go play a game. Less than twenty, it, it just—it was really shitty. I thought that was really, really shitty. I mean, it goes from a game that you would have won otherwise if you just left the damn thing where it was. Yeah, everybody had to deal with COVID. Everybody had to deal with that little surge. I, I don't know. I just—I I thought that was crap.
0: Can we talk about uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker and Billy Herning Gomez, two guys yes. you mentioned? I want to start off first with Billy. Um, he is a guy. That just doesn't get enough recognition for no. what he brings to the team uh, night in and night out. He, he, he kind of reminds me a lot of the Jose Alvarado. Um, he just shows up every night. His energy level is infectious. Consummate
1: professional. He, he's a professional.
0: And he has a career night. I think he drops 25. Uh, he even has a double-double. 29. 29 sorry, 29 points, uh, 10 rebounds, another double-double for for Billy, uh, Billy Hustle. But Ross, tell me, his job is not easy. You no. know, he, he's got a young kid in Jackson Hayes who we're trying to, you know, we're trying to give him minutes and things like that. And, and Billy, every time keeps getting pushed down the ladder, but when we need him, he shows up, shows up. He,
1: he had just gotten nine DMPs in a row,
0: nine, and then set a career high.
1: It ain't like he was a guy playing 14 minutes a right. night, kind of into the game. They pulled Willie off the end of the bench. yeah I mean, he hadn't been getting any minutes and he rolls off and plays a game like that. I thought it was incredible. And it, it speaks to. To uh, him as uh, him as a player, obviously yeah. what he can, what he is capable of doing on certain nights, but him as a person, to one just stay ready. Yep. Like you got to stay ready. And we said this whenever we brought Hernan Gomez in was that one of the things he can do is microwave score a little bit. Like he's a guy, a big guy with a offensive skill set, and and you saw. Look, we ended up not winning the game, but it sure as hell wasn't his fault, right? And you see what he can do. I think in certain situations, and we've talked about that before. Where if we need a bucket, if we need, if we're ever down in a game early in the first half, he's a guy that I think you can go to because he does have a little bit of that offensive yes. versatility.
0: Yeah, I, I um, we've always been fans of him. Yeah, um, he's just uh, he's just a professional. And let's go back to Nikhil Alexander Walker. A really good night for him. Um, that's what he can do, right? Can he do it on a consistent basis? I don't know. We have yet to see that. He definitely has that in his bag, in his game. That's why everyone was so high on him, correct? But it's just the the frustrating thing with Nikhil Alexander Walker is one night he shows what he can do, and then the next two or three games he takes a step back. Right. And so how can how can he turn it around? How can he be consistent like we saw him in Philadelphia?
1: Yeah, I think I think one of the things for him is it's it was the same thing we talked about all, all year. He's just learning how to play within that role. What you, I mean, what we've seen these last few nights when he's played real well, well, B.I. was out. And so it's, it, right. it, it, he's, he's, I think he's learning how to, you know, when B.I. is there, how how can I be successful? I think when he's not there, you really see the true Nikhil come out, a guy that we've nice. playing downhill, getting into the paint a bunch. He's not just spotting up, taking bad threes. I, I, he just becomes a different player when he's given more responsibility. And so we've got to figure out, and you know, that's on some of the coaching and the player development stuff, and and it's on Nikhil just to continue growing. He's still a young guy, but it's great to see some of that happen. And I think as he continues to get more responsibility and learn, sort of how to play with with the other guys we have on the roster, hopefully you see this more consistently.
0: Yeah, I thought, I thought he was great last night. Yeah. Let's see if he can continue that into the weekend against you know Denver and, and Boston. Yeah, you know Boston's a pretty good defensive team, so interesting to see that. Let's bring in our guest. <laughs> Absolutely love the shirt here, Graf. But oh, yeah. uh, like not on Herb. Ty Graffinini yeah. voice radio of the Pelicans. Todd, thanks for joining the show. How you doing, Graf?
2: I'm great, gentlemen. And yeah, I've probably worn this shirt as much as any piece of clothing that uh, I've had since you guys gave it to me. So um it is being well used.
0: I promise I like you. Good. I like that. Let's let's speak about that guy, uh, that t-shirt in Herb Jones. What have you seen from him? You know, these first 40 plus games that's been so shocking, I guess. I, you know, everyone has watched him play and no one could see that Herb Jones is now a legitimate starter for this team.
2: I've seen a guy go from, is he going to play to now you can't take him off the court. And, you know, just, Looking at some numbers here that came out today about his progression that's gone on from the beginning of the season till octo uh, from October to where we are right now, uh, a couple of weeks, three weeks, really out of the All Star break, and it's just it's remarkable when you consider the amount of minutes he started playing at the beginning of the season. That's jumped from 25 minutes in October to now 33.7, meaning again you're playing starter minutes. And when you're up to you're playing 34 minutes a night, guys, that that means your coach needs you on the floor. He is not taking you off the floor because you need you not only offensively and Obviously, he was a defensive guy to start out with. But now we're starting to see his offensive production going up again to the tune of five point seven points in October to now twelve point four points per game in January that is a productive guy, and his shooting has gone up dramatically. He's a 40% three-point shooter now, which yeah. is just again the Fred Vinson school, yeah. the 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 shot doctor has does it has done it again. I mean, this was a kid in college and prior to college who was, I mean, I for lack of a better word, he was woeful shooting three-point shots. Yeah. He he was he was so bad he didn't even take them uh really. At Alabama, but now he is at a 40% clip in the NBA. It's just, you know, what we saw him do at the beginning of the year defensively, even going back to when they were in Nashville prior to training camp, they were talking about what he was doing defensively. And that was really the origination of not on her. Uh, with, those workout, with those workouts before training camp, obviously we weren't there to see it. But, um, you know, uh, I, steal of the draft? I mean... He's <laughs> Is gotta it, be in the he's gotta be in the conversation. Uh you know, I, I don't know what other steal would be that's that's being so productive for his team that was not drafted in the first round, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, unquestioned and I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, you know, because everybody we had heard a lot about the defense, and I think what we all thought was that the, the offense would be a work in progress and the shooting, obviously, you know, that jump from, you know, in basically three months is incredible and, and speaks to Vincent and how great he is. But I'm glad you brought it up a couple of days ago when we all remember in summer when he ran that ATO for Herb and, everybody uh, was like, and then here we are play. now and, and now here we are, you know, in January and and Willie drew up that exact same play Herb to get a big bucket coming out of a timeout just earlier this week. So it's, you know, it's not just the shooting. It's, I mean, it's really right. the entire office of repertoire. You're watching it grow right before your eyes.
2: Yeah. And one thing he's doing as well, he's probably done this a lot more in the last month, month and a half. He's really moving without the basketball and he's cutting. Mm-hmm. Slot and he's starting to get, he's starting to get buckets at the rim. And when he starts doing that, that the game really expands and you know we haven't even talked about and i can look on my numbers right here what he's done at the free throw line as well because he wasn't that good of a free throw shooter at alabama either he let's see he is at 81 percent at the free throw line unreal,
1: unreal.
0: yeah it he's is. been great he's just um we're just so excited for him you know and um Great kid, fact- humble
2: kid. I mean, very humble. Oh, uh, I mean, like like most of this team. I mean, it's just, we got such a great group of guys, fellas, and they're so rootable. And I I just, you know, and I'm sorry I'm cutting in here, but, you know, we're on the stream of consciousness thing. It, it all goes back to Willie Green because I, mm-hmm. I promise you being along every step of the way when the team started out 3-16, and 16, you know, traveling with the guys – this is the highest compliment I can give, you know, there were a couple of rough patches, believe me, but po- as far as Willie green's post games, um, specifically that Minnesota game on November 22nd, which was really the red letter date of this team, uh, uh pretty much. I think that was the the bottom of the barrel and everything has been much better since then, but, when we were going through that very difficult stretch at the beginning of the year, you could not tell what the record was because Willie green would not allow that to happen. He would not allow any type of negativity to enter into the building. He was a very positive person. Even when we were one and nine, when, when, you know, it seemed during that stretch uh, in the very early stage of this year, it's like, are we ever going to win another game? I mean, that's the way it felt to me, to me. I, I mean, obviously that's, not the case, but you know, Brandon Ingram wasn't playing and you didn't know where the offense was coming from and you'd go into practice and those guys would just practice their tails off very energetic. And again, this is going back to November when it was just really dark as far as the record goes. And it's just, I'm so happy to see them now playing solid basketball night in, night out. You go to the gym, thinking, hey, we can win this game tonight. And that was not the case very early in the season. But Willie Green never allowed any type of negativity to seep in. And it was awesome.
0: Would you say he's the biggest difference from last year? I mean, last year seemed to be very bleak and, and a lot of negativity. This yeah. year, as you were saying, 1-11, he's still positive. Talk, there's, like, no, there's, no,
2: there's no question about it. I, I mean, and, you know, you just you go back to <laughs> – that day, and I called it the weekend of doom last year, that that weekend still haunts me. The Friday night in, in Washington and in the Sunday afternoon at Madison Square Garden. And the, the lowest of the low last year was at Nick game. And, and I'm driving home in the post game. I'm driving home because, of course, we didn't travel last year. So I was driving home after it was a Sunday game and I'm driving home and it's three o'clock. And I'm listening to our post game show And that's when Eric Bledsoe said he wasn't paying attention in the huddle to Stan Van Gundy. I am not kidding you guys. I nearly drove off the road. I nearly drove off the road when I heard that. Um, I mean, that sums it up to me right there. Um, And nothing against Stan Van Gundy. I never met the man. I I actually met him in Phoenix this year when we went out there because he was doing a TNT game. The only time I ever interacted with him was like I'm doing with you guys on Zoom. I mean, never met him personally. Uh, last year was just so strange. <laughs> it was just wow. so strange, but but I mean, you think you you listen to what Josh Hart said a couple of weeks ago on a podcast? Said he hated basketball. He he'd, he'd want to play basketball anymore,
1: right. and
2: you know, and you bring in a guy like Willie Green, and Josh Hart loves playing for the man. Brandon Ingram has completely turned his career around. Not that it wasn't going in a positive direction anyway, but Brandon Ingram is playing the best basketball of his career right now because he's got, I think, such a close relationship with Willie Green. The guys have been watching film from the very beginning. If there's an issue, Brandon Ingram knows that the door is open. He can discuss what he thinks needs to be discussed as far as what the team's going, how the guys are, are practicing, how the guys are playing, plays that are being run during games. He's got, you know, Willie Green's got his ear open, and and he's not afraid to take suggestions. And, you know, when, when your best players are – up with your coach. That that's a, that's a very big deal. Um, you know, again, this is my third year in the league and, you know, I thought Alvin Gentry was a great guy. I just, there was just so much inconsistency with him as how the guys played for him on a night in and night out basis. It was definitely the case last year with Stan Van Gundy this year. Again, there've been a couple of clunkers that Minnesota game really specifically when Willie Green said, we can't have this, this is unacceptable. And then, of course, since November 24th, the Pels have been a much better team. But, um, no, he has not allowed any type of negativity or bad thoughts creep in, even when the record was not good. And, and now, again, we're starting to see the uh, the results. And being healthy is a very big key as well. Yes. I think you know that. <laughs> yeah, yes.
0: I, I do want to touch, before I get to Ross, I want to touch, because you mentioned something important to me, is Brandon Ingram's relationship with, with Willie Green and, and being a coach. That is the biggest thing as a coach is, is having a relationship with some of your best players and, and 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 not only players but your front office members, your your coaching staff and things like that. But talk to me about Brandon Ingram's relationship with Willie Green and the difference because there was some rift last year between Brandon Ingram and Sam Van Gunny that's been out to the public now. But what's what's it like seeing them on a daily basis and how close they are?
2: No, it's 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 been great. And again, in, in coaches' offices, right? You know, we've got the the practice courts and uh, right there at the Austin sports performance center and, and coach has that corner office where you can literally walk out the side door of his office and right onto the practice court. So, you know, we, we have gone in there tons of practice and Brandon's been in the office talking with, with Willie. So, you know, it, it's, it's always good to see that. But again, the, the film watching early on in the season, when, you know, when Willie's saying, all right, Brandon, this is what, you know, we're expecting of you. And this is, you know, what, you can be doing on a night-in and night-out basis. And, you know, when you think about how his game has really evolved this year, we knew he could score. Um, At times he had been inconsistent scoring on a night-in and night-out basis. And, look, I've I've said from the get-go, and, you know, when when Zion was healthy last year, it, it is so hard to win in this league, guys, if your best players are not on the floor. And th- that's, that's just not here. That's everywhere. I mean, right. you look, you know, and that's, that's one thing that I've really uh, found out the hard way. Also in the, in the three years that I've been in the league, you need your best players to be playing. And specifically, you know, if you go back to last year when Zion was healthy and was getting his 25 every night and Brandon was, you know, in the 23, 24 range, he's been very consistent with those numbers since he got here uh, three years ago. He is basically a 24, 25 point a night score. But if he has the occasional off night and you know, he doesn't get to 20 or he's in the 15, 16 range, it's really, really difficult for the Pelicans to win. But that's, that's what it is when you're a max guy and and you're the go-to guy. Look, he branding right now is the face of the franchise. There's no two ways about it. I mean, he is the unequivocal leader of this team. I think, You know, when we first met him a couple of years ago, very, very quiet. He's a very quiet guy, you know, no matter what. But I think he's really started to blossom in in a leadership role and a a more vocal leadership role, which he really I don't think he was comfortable with a couple of years ago. I think that's completely the opposite now. I think he's totally comfortable with it. And he has been much more vocal this year. And I think a lot of that has to do with Willie Green and. And what those two guys have been able to do basically behind closed doors and say, hey, you know, maybe uh, maybe you can be a little bit more vocal to your teammates. Maybe, you know, you can show them the way. But, I, you know, just again, there's a stream of consciousness going what he has done now as far as not only rebounding and distributing the basketball. Both of those numbers are up this year. Career highs, no, I believe. He, that's, correct. That's- and he's got he's got four, he's got four yeah. double doubles this year. And there have been, off the top of my head, three games off the top of my head, where his assist total or rebound total has been nine. So he could easily uh, have seven, eight, nine double-doubles this year, where he had less than 30 in his career. He's got four this year. And it's just been so much fun to watch his game evolve to where it is right now. And I still think he could be better. Um, You know, when he, before he got hurt the second time, and missed those couple of games. Yeah. Um, he was really at the top of he was at the top. I mean, and that's what stuck when he had to go out again because he was rolling. I mean, he yeah. was scoring 30 night, he was scoring 30 a night. You know, his mid-range was working, his three-point shot was working, and then he got hurt and boom, he lost his rhythm a little bit. And now I think he's starting to pick it back up again. Though again, he's missed a couple of games. And right. I think you yeah. found out, guys, it's just it's really, really hard for the Pelicans to win if Brandon Ingram is not on the floor.
1: Yeah, yeah and, to, and to that end, I mean, I, you just got to—we all, I think, have highlighted it, but he's got to be an All Star. I mean, we, we, we that's—he's that's an All Star. We, wanna, he, we he want to—he is. To, I just you,
2: don't know, you know if he's going to get there because of the record and right. You know, it, it's it sucks, but Draft, look, you tell Draft you tell Draft me Draft that is? Jonas Valanciunas shouldn't be an All Star. I that mean, too. that guy my heavens and just to be around him every day what a fantastic individual and the thing about it is when you play these guys when they're on the other you know when they're on the other side and of course I came in two years ago so he was with the Memphis Grizzlies and you're thinking man what a that that's a guy you like you 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 go up to and he might just smack you across the you know side of the face because he looks so he looks just so menacing you know what I'm saying It's completely the opposite. He is just the nicest guy in the world, and he is an absolute warrior. That guy takes a beating every single night. He is in a physical battle with whomever is guarding him, and he keeps coming back for more. It's remarkable. You know, I could go an hour, that game, that fiasco that happened on Tuesday night, uh, going back up to Philly,
3: Um,
2: and – Whatever. Uh, I'm glad you did it before I did because I could go on another rant about it. But anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to push that to the back burner, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually relieved. Jonas did not make that trip. You know, Uh, he deserved the night off, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, it was good because Billy got back in there and uh, did what Uh, he normally does, which is uh, just roll out of bed and get a double double when he's on the floor.
1: Yeah. JV has been just a, lunch pail guy I mean we're look we go to one of us is pretty much at every game and and he's probably been for me at least the maybe the most fun guy you know new addition to the team this year just because he that guy brings it every Every play every night every quarter like you never you never look around you're like where's Valanchunas at like you know where the guy's at
2: and again fellas when you're in the arena and you're watching these games because on tv it's a little bit different because but now you can when you're in the arena you can focus on it okay. you watch the physical battle that guy goes through every single night just just you he's, know take a couple of minutes and just watch him yeah and don't watch the ball and, and you can see it's just it's remarkable and mm-hmm. the guy is never hurt I mean he's missed a game here or there but he comes back every single night he's back at you know he's taking a couple of practices off this year mm-hmm. but you know by all means take as much time as you want off because you know he's going to come back when the game really counts and he's going to give you all he has and for that matter you know what he's got 32 double doubles now he's third in the league so that's something you can count on
1: yeah and he's a big i mean he's a big reason why we ever, you know not that we focus on the 3 and 16 start but you have to talk about it because it it speaks to a little bit about where you're at now but a lot of people I don't think realize that in the you know in the 28 games since him we're 15 and 13 we're a, good right. we're a good basketball team. Uh, and this, we are. Yeah, and that, that's what's been exciting to follow the team this year is that you didn't hit that. You know, you didn't just start bad and stay bad. I mean, this has been a team that's been above five hundred for the better part of the year now. Yeah. Well, we're healthy, and, I,
2: and and I think when we got you know, full, we're obviously missing right. You know, your biggest it, piece yeah. of the of the okay. puzzle, but I, I think what has turned this around has been. The health number one. And then when everybody has been healthy, guys now know what their roles are each and yeah. every night. Uh and when Herb moved to the starting lineup on a full-time basis and Nikhil went from a starter to someone who was coming off the bench, I think that helped Nikhil Alexander Walker. I know it helped the lineup because Herb Jones now you had you had a defensive lineup in with Josh Hart. Who, by the way, is playing his best basketball. I was about NBA to career. that was my next question. <laughs> and um you had Josh Hart and Herb Jones, who are defensive guys, defensive-minded guys on the floor as your starter. And then you had a guy in Nikhil who maybe was putting a little bit too much pressure on himself, mm-hmm. even though he comes across like he doesn't. I don't think anything bothers him. And that's that's a very good trait to have. Um, but I think coming off the bench kind of took a little pressure off of him thinking that, you know, I got to get my 20 points every night. I got to, no, that's not the case. We just need you right. to do, you know, not to the dramatic extent we saw the other night in Philly when he put 31 up, but he is capable of doing that. He is capable of doing it. It just hasn't been consistent night in and night out. And, right. but we see what Nikhil can do. You know, we see flashes big time. Uh, You just would love to see it on a, on a night in and night out basis.
0: So Graf, you'd mentioned Josh Hart. Tell me, let's talk about him a little bit, because you know, in the off season he goes on JJ Reddick's podcast and says how pissed off he was and how disrespected he felt. Not, not only about all the NBA teams, but especially in new Orleans, he's changed his game. I think he's changed his, his leadership role, as you mentioned, roles, right? I think he's embraced his role as a leader of this team. Um, and i want you to kind of talk about what he brings to this team every day that you know the average fan doesn't get to see because we see him on game night and he's busting his butt and, and he's rebounding and he's scoring and he's talking and he's one of the leaders on the court what are you seeing off the court that makes Josh Hart you know a leader of this team
2: well he just again he is he was one of the players too he was actually in one of the post games, and it was not the Minnesota game. It was one of the games that was prior where it got, I want to say, I think it was off the top of my head. I want to say it was the Indiana game uh, up there, uh, yeah. which was the second of a back to back. We beat Portland the night before. We traveled up there again. Don't get me started on the back to backs going into the Eastern time zone. It is just.
0: <laughs> That's tough.
2: When you lose the hour, it, it's. It's ridiculous. It never should happen. Um, I mean, again, we just saw it the other night, but we never should have played that game anyway. Mm -hmm. But when you're traveling and you're getting in an hour later, you're walking into your hotel room at 2.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that night, the Indiana game, we, (laughs) we played like we were still in New Orleans. And Josh, after that game, it, it, the game was never close. I mean, Indiana just rolled out early and they kept making shots. And we basically coasted through that game. And Josh, on the post game, you know, just paraphrased, was like, this is unacceptable. I, I mean, I know it's tough and we can only use the youth excuse so long. You know, we're, we're in the NBA and it, just, it was to that effect. And that's something that he wasn't doing. Uh, in the first couple of years here. But again, I, I just think the relationship that he has with Willie Green, who basically said, Josh, you go do whatever you need to do out on the floor to make us a better team. And specifically, that is when you rebound the ball, whew, take off down the court. Wow. And it's uh, it's been remarkable. He's got, and he didn't play the other night, he's got 260 points in the paint right now. His career high was two years ago when he first got here. He had 202 points in the paint. I know this because I update these stats every game. He had 202 (laughs) points in the paint in 65 games. He hit 202 points in the paint this year in literally half the amount of time, in half the games. And now he's up to 260, and it's growing. He is third in the league in fast break points, third in the league. Meaning, again, he is getting to the rim, uh, which is just fantastic because you need a guy like that on your team to do the dirty stuff. And Josh does the dirty Mm -hmm. stuff. He is a tremendous rebounding guard. He's at 7.6 per game. That's fifth in the league as far as guards go. Um, He's got 10 double doubles now, way more than any amount he'd ever had in his career. Uh, I want to say he had... I want to say he had seven or eight a year ago, but he's already up to ten. And that's another guy talking about Brandon Ingram. How many games this year has Josh Hart had nine rebounds? Yeah. Easily five, easily. So he could he could have about fifteen double doubles right now if the numbers would have you know just
1: kind of worked out in his way. But and, and, almost, no, that, four, and almost four and a half assists a night, which is yeah. you know, basically – He's double he's three.
0: a career high. So Brandon Ingram yeah. is averaging a career high in assists right now, and Josh Hart um, is averaging a career high yeah. in assists. And Jonas
2: Valanciunas is having his best year too
0: in assist, Yeah, and and, and Todd. Can is that I, I is that before? Go ahead.
2: Let me stop you. Let me get, I'm a, I can Your go partner. on an, and an assist rant too, because, <laughs> and look, and I see Jokic and you know Harden, and they get their triple doubles, and triple doubles are a great thing. But the hardest thing to get in a triple double, in my mind, is assists, because yeah. now Jokic is a different type of player. Because he's a guy that can stand there at the top of the key and he's seven feet and he can see cutters and he can and he can dish it to him and you get the lay-in, and that's your assist. But the assist thing, guys, you're relying on somebody else to get an assist. And that's why it's very difficult for our guys to get assists, because, and I'm not, you know, trying to sound mean or anything like that but we just we're not a very good scoring team we don't make enough shots uh, Mm -hmm. on a night in and night out basis and uh, again I can just look at the numbers to to back that up you know I'm, I'm watching the Indiana Pacers make 19 threes the other night 19 uh you know last Monday and we're three for 24 in the same game I mean, it's won, really hard. Yeah, I, I know, because we were 21, 29 and 31 at the free throw yeah, line. That's why we won that game, which, by the way, that's what Philadelphia was the other night, because they put Joel and beat on the free throw line 20 times. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, but you got to have guys make shots if you're going to get assists. And we just don't shoot the ball well enough on a night-in and night-out basis to have those assist numbers. That's why – Getting your points in the paint is so important for this team. Uh, especially, and that's why Willie Green has said from the get-go, when you're you're getting a defensive rebound, we got to go. Our yes. best offense is in transition. We are not, and we are not a half court team. We're just not. Uh it, it's m- much more difficult for us to score uh in a half court set than it is for us to get out and run and you know, we go back to Josh who's Right. You know, one of the just best fast go- break guys in the league.
0: Yeah. yeah. That construction's going on in the background. Is that is that, is that like a daily occurrence for you there? Or is no,
2: they- they're actually uh I mean full disclosure here, we're going uh solar at the uh no, household the no, 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 and they're uh, they're the the panels are already installed. They're just uh they're literally hooking them up now to make them work today. Love so. that.
0: That's beautiful. So Good yeah. That's great. No, we've I- got a lot my- on
2: the plate, gentlemen. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. I guess my question to you was, you know, with the assist and career eye and averaging and things like that, is that a testament to the coaching staff and, and Willie Green and and then I don't want to say it's a obviously it's a new offensive system. I feel like there's more flow in the system last year. Stan Van Gunning was more robotic and you have to be in this spot and you have to be in that spot and things like that. I was pretty um I was pretty mean to him last year. Well, but I think Willie Green is I mean, more had, of a, i mean you had you a, a
2: transition play. guy, Lonzo, remember, who's a you know yep. pretty darn good point guard um you know but again we get we get to the consistency thing you know lonzo was was a guy who you could go out and he'd hit seven threes and score yep. 25 points and have eight assists and seven rebounds and then the next night he'd score five points right you know it it's just consistency is the key gentlemen i don't know how many times i've said that word today but um, that's what it's all about. I mean, it it really is. Um, I I just think it's been, and again, it, it, I'm, I'm trying not to be unfair to Stan Van Gundy because I never saw a practice, you know, I get Mm. to go to practice, you know, I, I get to go when, when even Alvin Gentry was here, I was at practice every day. Um, they allow us, and again, big thanks to Griff and, and Trajan and Willie Green for allowing you know the radio guys and the and the TV crew as well uh to go in there and, and watch on a day in and day out basis. So
0: well, since you've you seen know. gentry gentry's practices and Willie Green's practices, what are the difference <coughs> what would you say is the biggest difference then?
2: Um you know, it's a good question.
0: Is it maybe, more int- gentry's <laughs> thing is that he didn't have a defense, right? We're not bad defensively. I, don't no, think we're that no, no.
2: I mean, the thing about now, too, you got to you got to understand, fellas, when you're in the season, it's not like training camp practices. Right, I mean, right. these are you, you go in there now because these guys, what is really key when we're this deep in the season? Now, thankfully, it's kind of spread out a little bit now. We've had a lot more days off because the, the early stages of the year, we were really bunched up. I mean, we were playing more games. We had played more games than any other team in the NBA, I mean, like through 30 games. We were at 30, and and other teams were 26 and 25. So they really bunched the schedule up for us very early. Now it's let up a little bit, not discounting what happened on Tuesday and what's going to happen tomorrow night and Saturday because we would not be playing a back-to-back uh, if not for Philly uh, back on December 19th. We wouldn't be playing the back-to-back then, and we would be playing the back-to-back tomorrow night. Right. And on Saturday against Boston. But again, we're playing four games in five days and talking mm-hmm. to Daniel Yeah, and talking to Daniel Salerson a little while ago. And he's gonna have to research this, but I, I would probably bet the Jim Eichenhofer of Pelicans.com has already started to do this. I don't believe because the NBA was trying to to cut this out, the four games in five days deal, we could be literally the only team in the entire league who are going to play a four game and five day stretch starting tomorrow because of what happened in Philadelphia. Uh, Again, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent positive on that. That's just something that Daniel and I were talking about, but yeah, we're playing tomorrow night, Saturday night, flying to Cleveland on Sunday, playing Monday in Cleveland, Tuesday in Detroit, four games in five days. (laughs) Nobody else in the league is doing that this year because the schedule, the way they scheduled, they did not want teams to well, play four games in five days. Why has there and not been more
0: of an it? uproar then, Todd? I, why has there not been more of an uproar? You know what? I'm going to clip that up. I'm going to start the uproar today with that shit. I, I'll tell you that much right no, now. I,
2: look, <laughs> I. I, I have the thing that really bothered me about what happened, and I can tell you the date, which was December 19th, because it was my wife's birthday, and the day before, you know, I, I have cousins, you know, all over the country, and they come in the Saturday before Christmas and we have our family reunion down in Thibodeau. And I missed that because I flew up to Philadelphia that day. Well, that's that's fine. The schedule is the schedule. You know, sometimes right. you go to family reunions. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you miss, you know, your kids playing soccer. You miss your your kids dance recitals, whatever. That's the life that I lead. You know, Right. that's the schedule. So be it. But to go up there, go through a shoot around on that Sunday, the 19th, go back to the hotel. And then it comes across that, uh, hey, Philly might not play this game because they might not have enough healthy bodies. Well, they have, you know, a couple of guys in protocol. They had a couple of guys on the injury report. One of those guys was Joel Embiid, who was listed as questionable that night uh, against the Pelicans on December 19th because of a sore left ankle. Well, that's all fine and dandy. But then don't punt the Pelicans game and then play the next the next night in Boston. The next night, I know, I watched the game. And Joel Embiid, who had a sore ankle, scored 40 points. Don't insult my intelligence. Just don't. They punted the game and the NBA let them do it. And that's what bothers me. Man, that's I what agree. bothers me. There is no way. There is no way they couldn't have played that game that night against the Pelicans, if they played 24 hours later in Boston. They did not want to play a back-to-back. They figured, let's, you know, postpone the Pelicans game. We got a much more important contest, you know, a road game in Boston, a division game the next night. Let's make sure that everybody's ready to go. Well, again, Embiid scored 40, so I guess he was ready to go uh, on Monday night Maybe not no, so I'm, much. I'm, I'm sure oh, that man. No, I'm sure that national
1: televised uh, 76er Laker game tonight didn't have anything to do with why we, you know, got oh, crammed. Yeah.
2: Off. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way, if we really want to get into, <laughs> it, you know, I haven't, I haven't oh. thought about this at all. Um, <laughs> we could have. We could have played in Philly last night, That's right. and if the, if it would have been all right, guys, let's get on the plane Tuesday. It'll be a one up and back. We've done that a bunch this year uh, on Sundays. Fly up Tuesday, we'll have the day off after the Indiana game. Take the day off, use it as a travel day, play tonight, come back. And then even if you had to play the back-to-back against Denver and Boston, we'd have gotten tomorrow off. Right. Or what's today? Thursday? We'd have gotten we'd have gotten today off. I don't even know yeah. what day it is. We'd have gotten today off. So it could have worked out that way because Philly. There was no game on the schedule. It makes yeah, absolutely no sense. No
1: sense. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's BS.
1: It is, and I agree. It's frustrating. I mean, it's it's a it's a real piss off. I've, I've been salty about this since, we, especially coming off of a you know no bi shorthanded win against the Pacers. Right. That's right on the back of playing a, a you know really good game against the Knicks, and it just. You know, it's one of the, it's, it's a momentum thing, right? There's something good happening here and then you get, you know, you get kind of served a shit sandwich and you yep. got to eat it. And that that's frustrating a little bit. Um but and look, have if we had to played that game in December We, we won.
2: were figuring it out a little bit and they had 8. Well, that again, this is going on all over the league. All over the league. Yep. That's a them problem, you know? You play, guys you play, you play. You play. And then Todd, like, we had nine ga- nine guys the other night. We played in
0: Damn near one, Todd. One guy you're not mentioning is literally Ben Simmons, who is perfectly healthy. By the way, he's just Correct. choosing not to play. That's not Correct. my fault. That's not his. That's not our fault. That is your fault. That is your problem. Deal with it. Uh, like I said all and the
1: time them, that's a them.
0: That's a them problem. Them
1: problem. Yeah. Anything else? No. Well, no. I, I did. I, I did want to just switch gears just for half a second because obviously, Graph, I've known you for. I don't even. I'm getting old now, so maybe the better part of 15 years. So obviously, you've got a ton of history in, uh, you know, in college athletics, being with Tulane, uh, every sport for a long time. I just, I'm always curious because I've played in some stadiums. We've been to a handful of basketball stadiums now, chasing this NFL game. What, how, how much have you enjoyed going from, you know, seeing everything that you saw in the college ranks to now, kind of having this hyper-focused professional, but specific to NBA? What? I mean, what's that been like for you? Cause it's, you know, obviously a different transition.
2: Mm-hmm. No Ross, it's, it's been very cool for me. Um, obviously, you know, I love Tulane more than anything. I was there for 27 years. I'm born and raised in New Orleans. I was a Tulane fan growing up, but, um, when the opportunity arose, I mean that <laughs> you, I mean, yeah. you take it. I mean, what are you going to do? I, 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 it has been phenomenal. Um, to be in the league now and be with this organization um, coming up on three years again. It's been, it's just been, it's been tough because this is my third year in the league and I haven't seen an 82 game schedule yet. We, we didn't play it our first year because COVID hit on March 11th, 2020. And then last year we played 72 games and we didn't even travel. So, you know, this has been, I wouldn't say a normal year because I had to go in protocol myself uh, after, after, uh, Christmas for 12 games, I missed five, I missed 12 days. I missed five games. Um, even though I could have called the games, I just, you know, you're not allowed to do it. Um, but it's just, it's been great. Uh, um, more than I ever could have expected. Um, you know, professional basketball and college basketball are very different, Um, very (laughs) different, uh, starting with, you know, the guys, it's funny because, A lot of the guys that are on the team with the Pelicans, I mean, you think about could still be in school right now. They're, they're that young. You have to kind of kick yourself ever so often and and, and talk about that. The difference is, is they make a lot of money, a lot of money. And I'm not talking about NIL uh, money, uh, a lot of money, but you would never really know. You'd never really know. Um, The arenas are different because obviously, you know, in college there's no student section. And, uh, or in the NBA, there's no student section. You're, you're in these big, you know, 18, 19,000 seat buildings. And for the most part, everywhere we go, it's the, the crowds are pretty good. Um it, It's just been, and, and a night in and night out basis guys, you just realize how unbelievably good these athletes are. They're just, yeah. they are phenomenal. They're phenomenal. And I think I must, you know, I got to, call every so once in a while i say you got to be kidding me you got to be kidding me when some guy's hitting a ridiculous shot but i say that a bunch (laughs) because i see these ridiculous shots being made by these guys who are capable of making them and you're thinking how in the world does that go in well they go in because they practice it's yes it's crazy
0: for sure. Well well Todd, I can't thank you enough for taking time. We've we've talked about you a lot, a lot I'm so excited to finally bring you on the show. And we'd love to have you uh come on more regularly and things like that and keep up the great work. I know when I'm coming home from Country Day coaching a game, I put you on and, and I love hearing love hearing you just you're so passionate about yeah. the game and you're you're kinda of like me. You're just like screaming and just excited to be there and everything like that. So yep. Yeah, just
2: I, no. Really appreciate it. No, I mean, what if if you can't be excited about what you're doing? I mean, why are you even doing it? So, and again, sure. it makes it so much easier. And Ross knows this. Uh, just me being around Tulane all those years, um, why I had such a passion for it, and why that continues here uh, with the Pelicans. When you're around these guys every single day, and when you're you're, I mean, you're in the inner circle pretty much. I mean, you're traveling with them. You're in the hotel with them. You're on the plane with them. You see them at practice. You see, I mean, you want them to succeed, you you know, because their success makes everybody else's success better. It's just, it's a great relationship. And I'm very, very fortunate to be doing what I'm doing.
0: Todd, uh bringing on actually Ben Mints of Barstool Sports. You say you wanted to oh, meet you.
2: yeah, um, I, I just
0: Todd, I've never
3: gotten to meet you and I've heard so many good things from mutual friends of ours and I've uh followed you since you used to do a great job of Tulane and now the Pels. So I just want to say hello and meet you. Awesome, man. Great to meet you as well. Yeah.
0: Big man. big oh yeah, he's a big Pels guy. And so um yeah, gotta, we're get you, on, gotta get you in the building,
3: man. When are you uh when are you gonna catch a game? Well, I actually was in Madison Square Garden when uh for the win. I, I go on the I go on I did the game in Brooklyn last year, and uh, I went in Madison Square Garden, which was an awesome effort, just beat the crap out of the Knicks. Yeah, uh, and then I'll I'm gonna be in New Orleans a good bit for more. I know Mardi Gras the Pells are usually on the road. Yeah, there's an Ash Wednesday home game, and then there's a home game against the Mavericks, the 17th, and then I'm also that Final Four weekend, April 2nd, 4th, it's Hogs for the Cause. I'm a big part of that, the Barbecue Music Fest that helps families fight brain cancer. Uh, we're doing a huge weekend around that. So I've got a lot of New Orleans and Louisiana stuff coming this year. But uh, awesome to meet you. Big fan. Well, I appreciate it, Mincy.
2: Uh, please, when you get to the Smoothie King Center, come on up, Section uh, 112. That's where we'll be, man. Got to meet you. Awesome. Look forward to it. All
0: right, All right gentlemen. gentlemen. appreciate Thanks, you. We're going to bring on Mincy now. Thanks, brother. Ben Mintz of Barcel Sports joining us first, Mincy, Before I get to the show, we'll we'll absolutely hook you up some some floor seats when you get in here. So let us know, and uh, we'd, we'd oh, love yeah. to. Uh, I got hit up. Continue. I got
3: a guy, one buddy in the Pell's front office too that uh, hit me up about too. So we're gonna. I can't wait. Love
0: it. Yeah, let us know. So, uh, Ben Mins, first off, thanks for joining the show. I know you have – we were going to take a break, but I not know you wanted me, graph. but let's get into it. You, huge news coming to Louisiana um, tomorrow. I want you to kind of touch on what's going on um, the Barstool world and, and what you all got planned.
3: Okay, well, so, look, this is the day – I got hired at Barstool last Octo- October of 2020. And since I got hired, the day I've been looking forward to – is tomorrow when the Louisiana Barstool Sportsbook app launches. We're, in, I believe it's going to be the 12th state. And we got the gambling and the sportsbooks in the casinos. I believe that was last October. But we're in a society now where it's all about the app. Everybody wants everything at their fingertips. They don't want to drive to the casino and spend all that time parking and betting all that. Everybody wants to sit at home or grill out or be with your friends or be at the ball, whatever. And it's finally launching tomorrow. Kudos to the state of Louisiana for getting it done before the conference championship games. Hurricane Ida got in the way. Uh, I know another problem was the nine parishes that voted against it. So they, they've got had to do software where you can't do it in those parishes. But uh, the Barstool Sportsbook app uh, partnered with Pin Gaming, which is La Baton Rouge, Lake Charles, Boomtown, uh, West Bank, and Marburyville Bozier. That's uh, our app launching tomorrow. Uh, There's five apps launching in Louisiana. I'm not going to say anything about our competition, What I will say is our brand is uh, unique and different because what makes Barstool great is you get to interact with Dave Portnoy and me and all the content that goes with it. You can like me, fade it, whatever. Uh, We're by the people for the people, and I'm going to be in Louisiana a lot for Mardi Gras, Final Four Hogs, and uh, getting out and taking it to the people. And I thank you all for supporting it. I appreciate it. I see the the code Bayou that's up there. So if you sign up for the Barstool Sportsbook app, you type in the code Bayou. All you have to do is bet $20 or more on either conference championship game. And if Joe Burrow throws for one yard on Sunday in the AFC championship, you get $100 free. And then we also have one other big promotion – where this is up to a thousand dollars. You can deposit fifty, a hundred, five hundred, thousand, doesn't matter. Yeah. Up to a thousand, you get a risk-free first bet. So it's the very first bet you make. You don't have to opt in, you don't have to do anything. So for example, you put a thousand bucks on, you put a thousand on the Bengals. If they win, you've got $2K in your account, cash. If they lose, you have a thousand dollars in bonus sports book cash. So you'd have a thousand and you can't cash it out immediately. It's bonus cash. You'd have to fire it but you'd still have a thousand to play on. So it's basically a free roll. It's up to a thousand bucks. Uh, it was 500 last year. So, I mean, I think that's a great promotion and uh, we appreciate the support where you would get from Louisiana. I, I mean, I can't, my phone's been going blowing up, uh, going crazy since the news. I'm, I'm just on the moon about it.
0: Oh yeah. Thank we you, can't we, we'll, we'll definitely <laughs> be doing that or, bet. I don't, know how be. you, I don't know how you, uh, how you can uh, like beat that. That, that sounds fantastic. No, I
3: mean, oh what, yeah. And I'm going to try to do some, see I'll, there'll be bet with Mincy stuff on there that I'm going to do for okay. Louisiana. Uh, for Saints games, LSU. I'm gonna try to start doing it for some Pelicans games. Today, yeah. Some, like, that was my next game.
0: question. Do you have anything for the Pel's? Um, like anything Pelican bet wise that um will be play tomorrow? Yeah. So we play. play tomorrow and and Saturday. Okay, I
3: hadn't looked at the line, seen the line yet for tomorrow, but uh, I might come out with something tomorrow, like a bet with the Pel's, because I want to continue. Look, I love what y'all are doing in New Orleans and uh, building this pellet for the Pelicans community. Uh, I think. The Thing with the Pelicans fan base, it's small but mighty. And uh, it's because of diehards like y'all, and I wanna I wanna support it. I always wanna yeah,
1: support it. For sure. Definitely mighty. Yeah, <laughs> for keep, sure. Yeah, keep <laughs> us posted on if you guys do something tomorrow. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, and
3: hey, I wanna we'll link up on some stuff. I love what y'all doing, boot crew media. I'm telling you, I'm throwing down in New Orleans. I'm coming for Fat Tuesday. I'm marching the French quarter on Fat Tuesday. I'm gonna I believe I might be riding in the crew of Ferret Parade uh on Saturday, February eighteenth. Uh, I'm going to be around New Orleans a lot, that Final Four, that hog. So, uh, you know, this is going to oh, be – Oh, yeah, for Dave sure. Port- Dave Portnoy, i got to say, it's an honor to me that he said this. He said, look, i got faith in you. When the Louisiana app launches, we're going to give you a lot of freedom. You can go down there and do what you want. You know, I, I, we trust your judgment to build it. And so, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the more outrageous, the better. I mean, we may go out in the airboats to alligators and go to the sticks from Marty. I don't know. We're going to do some wild stuff
0: sure well it's funny you mentioned that one of our podcasts uh sportsman's paradise podcast that focuses <laughs> on fishing and one of the one of the guys is also um he's an outdoors his name is jordan elliott and he has his own pre, uh it's called premier bow fishing it's a bow fishing charter we've been on the trip it is an absolute blast it's about, so as, outrageous can, as, you it's about as outrageous as you can get it's a night it's a night from like 8 p.m. to 2 a.m., you're just oh, both wow. with redfish. So we'd love to put you all together. He's uh, he's taking out like Sean Payton and Cam Jordan and Mark oh, wow. and all those guys. He's uh, he's one of the best. I'll definitely yeah, can link y'all time. up for sure. So, um, what do you, I want to mention, you know. What do you see from the Pelicans? I know you went to the game at Madison Square Garden. They've gone through a couple, uh, you know, ever since then they won one against Indiana, lost uh, against Philadelphia. A lot of people were out in
3: that Philly game. That was a weird one. A lot of people back up. It It was only beat at 42, but – That was kind of a hard one to even judge, you know. It almost felt like a scheduled
0: loss. Yeah, and so they have a couple tough games coming up this weekend. They got the Celtics coming up uh, tomorrow night, and then a back-to-back. Or, I'm sorry, they have Denver tomorrow night and Boston Saturday. Um, So, a pretty big stretch here. But you know, Mincy, they're a game and a half out. I feel like you know they can make a move in the trade market coming up here in the next couple weeks and and, and try to propel themselves to that to that 10 seed. You know, you, you follow this team. I think making the playoffs would be a huge boost for especially. Oh really yeah, teams. It
3: would especially without Zion this year when nobody when everybody wrote them off very especially after the bad start they had and everybody just you know wrote them off like they were one of the worst teams in the NBA. This team's got a ton of heart, man. They play hard every night. Uh, I will I'm, I'm I'm just thrilled as a Pelicans fan to finally like our head coach because I couldn't stand Gentry or Van Gundy, and so I'm just that's an exciting thing. The team plays hard for him. You got a lot of guys that are really, you know, younger guys buying into their roles, and you know, I, I'm a big BI fan, and so yeah, I want to make the playoffs. Hell, yet matters. Uh, I think it's it's important to show, you know, show the progress, and improvement.
0: I love that. Do you think? Um, are you big on De'Aaron Fox coming back home?
3: That would that would be very, uh, very, very interesting. He's out right now, right?
0: Hey, he's a little banged up, but you know, we we've talked about either De'Aaron Fox or CJ McCullum. I would up. rather De'Aaron.
3: Uh, yeah, it's, I'd like either either option uh, would be more than interesting. I always like De'Aaron Fox, though. I think that would be a lot of. I, I would be all for that, to be honest. Um, I, I, yeah, I've been I, a fan for a while. Well.
1: Yeah, the fact that we're getting, you know, that the, there's a little bit of smoke around those type of names, I think, like that in and of itself is sort of exciting. And I think shows that hey, look, we're, we're you know we're not going to stand pat here. There's an opportunity right. to to get to the playoffs, and let's let's see if we can bring in not only somebody that'll help us now, but but it can possibly help us in the future too.
3: Well, my thing, too, is we're in this culture. and it's, it's a subtle thing. You know, we're all in this championship or bust thing, and it's like the NBA, everybody tanks like, oh, if you don't have a chance to win the title, you should be in the lottery. I'll I just say it on oh, air. That's bullshit, man. That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of value in being a winning organization and giving your fans a product they care about on a night in and a night out basis. And uh, I think this team right now, man, the fans identify, you know, fans are really liking this team because they, they believe, you know, how hard they play and – how much they like Coach Green. And so, hell yeah, it's important. I want to see them make a trade. Got to get more offensive firepower. That's very obviously what they need. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. What names are getting uh, on the trade block? are all here. Yeah,
1: I've, I've, I've seen Fox, uh, obviously McCollum. Um, apparently they they called about uh, Sabonis. I just saw that. Sabonis is interesting,
0: um, yeah. So what about, like, on
3: the Pelican? Who, who, who's, who are the Pelicans' front office making available?
0: That's a good question. So, you know, we've talked about it, but um, you know, one guy that I think is a great trade value is uh, Josh Hart. But you know, they're trying to move Jackson. He's been trying to move him, and um, I think everybody is on the table besides Zion, Bi, Herb, and possibly JV. Um, I I don't see the Pelicans shifting off JV because he's been such a great you know leader. In the locker room. I love Josh Hart. I just think his values, you said Ross, and other podcasts goes, won't be as high as it will ever be. So I think Josh Hart on a contending championship team would be um pretty good.
3: Yeah, I think Yeah, I think at- that is his role. He's a great off the bench energy guy yeah. that really helps you on that kind of I,
1: I yeah. agree with that. I think that's fair. Yeah, Karis Lavera's another name that's been coming up. Solid. I think you're looking at I think what you're looking at more is packing it packaging up some of these picks you've gotten from Milwaukee and from the Lakers over the years. Yeah. Um I don't know that you know I I'd be surprised if Josh Hart moves. I really would. Really? Yeah, I think he's playing that well. I think, I think he's been uh, that sort of integral to to how well they have played this year. Um, I think I think they're going to package up some of these picks to do something. I mean, you may see some French guys go. No, yeah, but we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I'm yeah. excited about it.
0: So, Ben, thanks for joining the show. Oh, um, yeah, thank y'all. Uh,
3: appreciate. It. Keep keep up. Keep doing what y'all are doing. Uh,
0: yeah. Once again, get... use code yeah. byu. Download the Barstool Sports. Uh, sportsbook app, and then use code Bayou, and then Mincy just once again kind of
1: run them through. Yeah, it. so
3: just I want to reiterate this on this risk-free bet thing. Yeah. It's the first bet you place you can't lose. I mean, you get bonus cash back, and so it's the very first one. And so the reason I keep hammering this is because once you make your first bet, it, your promotion on that's gone. The Bayou code, use code Bayou, you put 20 bucks in the AFC or NFC Championship game, win or lose, you get $100 when Joe Burrow throws for a yard. And then the, the first bet is a risk-free bet if you put, for example, if you put 500 on there, you bet 500 on the Bengals plus seven. If they win, you have 1,000 cash. If they lose, you'll have 500 in bonus cash, which is sportsbook cash to bet with still. So it's uh that's a promotion you just got to make sure you take advantage of. I'm about to go do videos on it explaining it. I, I want to be abundantly clear, clear on it. And uh love seeing South Louisiana. We got a big presence in Baton Rouge. Nice. Uh, New Orleans loves Barstool, too. I'm trying to – Continue to build it. There's a lot of competition in this market. I really appreciate you guys supporting
0: us. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. So we're going to sign off here. Um, once again, you can follow us at Stock on Instagram or Twitter. Shout-out to Company Burger. Um, make sure to check them out at 4600 for Red Street. Thank you to Ty Graffinini and obviously Ben Mintz of Barstool Sports. We have Chris Connor in studio tomorrow. Then we have the Nuggets Friday, Celtics on Saturday. So take care and uh,
3: go